There is a trend that's been picking up lately that you'll notice a lot of people come to shul, I don't know, maybe not in all communities, but a lot of people come to shul with a coffee in hand, and very often, even in shul, while davening is going on, they continue to uh, sort of nurse that coffee a little bit. So I thought, and some people like really do it in a way, you know, like they make a whole matzah, they sit down, they take out the local Jewish newspaper, they have their flip-flops on, a whole, uh, you know, it's a whole scene. Other people will sip only during Pesukah uh, Zimra, some will continue during told me he saw one of the Bachram in the yeshiva drinking during kedusha. Um, so uh, I thought it would be worthwhile to discuss whether there's anything wrong with it halachically. Uh, you can probably see where I'm going with this, but um, the disclaimer is we're not talking about any anybody who has physical medical needs that uh, would uh, you know mandate uh, constant uh, hydration or something like that. And a lot of this topic probably re- has come up because of our society's unhealthy relationship with coffee, which is evident in so many ways and the amount of money we spend on special coffee drinks or the use of the term addiction when describing our relationship with coffee, the prevalence of uh, on-the-go cups and uh, even the number of 10-minute halacha shirim that are coffee-related uh, is all an indication of uh, probably a very unhealthy relationship with coffee. But what are the halachic issues with continuing to drink coffee while one is during davening or in shul? So there are a few things. First of all, the first thing that comes to mind is the halacha about eating before davening. The Gemara Masech has brought and Yud tells us that you're not supposed to eat before you daven for your uh, for your survival. If a person eats and drinks and then davens, that it's a sign of geus of gai of uh, arrogance and pride for a person to eat before davening. After this guy is going to express such gaiva, then he's going to be makabal malch shemaim, and all of that is about eating and drinking before davening. Now, to be sure, the Allah and Shulchanaruch is explicit in Simon Pei Test that one is allowed to drink water before davening, and and the Achrona point out that you're allowed to drink coffee and tea, and Rosh Hashanah even goes so far as to say. Uh, coffee with sugar and perhaps milk as well, unlike the Mishabrura who does not allow milk and sugar in the coffee, simply because that's just a natural, normal drink that a person has and it doesn't require any extra preparation or thought or uh, you know, it's not considered a fancy drink, it's not considered something that's, uh, that's over the top. All of that is before davening, but certainly when one considers the uh, idea of uh, gaiva that's associated with drinking before davening, one would imagine that drinking during davening anything, drinking anything during davening would seem to be a much more extreme form of gaiva, albeit one that a formal halacha was never formulated in shas to address. Davening is an exercise in humility and bringing along a drink is very much, you know, uh, it seems out of place in uh, in davening um, and it seems obvious that eating in the middle of davening is worse than eating before davening. It's it's only uh, and, and, eating before davening is only mutter when you need to, when there's a case of tzorech. L'chorah, by, by its very definition, it's, there's never a tzorech to eat or drink during davening, because you could just do it before, or you start davening later. 
So it's almost by definition that there's not going to be a tzorech, because before is definitely better than uh, during. Another issue is, just very simply, that the definition of tefillah, the famous Reb Chaim, is that a person is only the Fnei HaMelech. It's not the definition of kavana but tefillah, it's the definition of tefillah. It's the very essence of tefillah, and there are many, many halachos. If you look through, Simonim Tzadizayin, Tzadichas, Tzadites, in Arachayim, many, many halachos about how one holds himself, and how one behaves, and how one dresses, that all relate to the idea that a person is supposed to view himself as Omeid Lifnei HaMelech. I wrote in my first sefer a piece on uh, davening from a smartphone, and I thought this was one of the bigger issues of uh, using a smartphone as a sitter, that you would never do that when you're Omeid Lifnei HaMelech, to be reading something off of a smartphone, Kalvachomer, Ben Benoshel Kalvachomer, you would never, uh, you would never uh, be Omeid Lifnei HaMelech with a cup of coffee in your hand that you continue to, uh, to, drink, to, to drink from. Uh, it's antithetical to tefillah, and not only that, even in uh, Beis HaKnesses, there are halachas in Shulchan Aruch, and Aruchayim Sim Kufnunolf, in Dine Beis HaKnesses, they're not allowed to eat and drink in a Beis HaKnesses, not, not even a Havamina, to eat or drink uh, during davening. Um, now, granted, a lot of the halachas of tefillah relate to Shemona Esrei, and not Pesuket de Zimra, but still, you know, a basic sense of what it's supposed to look like when you're addressing uh, the Melch Malchei Amlachim. Uh, another issue that comes up is one of Hefzik, uh, that after Baruch Sha'amar, you're not really allowed to interrupt until uh, Yishtabach, and then after Yishtabach comes a Berchus Kriyashma with Kriyashma followed by Shemona Esrei, you don't have many places where you're allowed to be mafzik. So certainly if a person is going to say a bracha on the drink, if they haven't started drinking beforehand, and they're just going to say a bracha on the drink, so there's a discussion in the Sefer Piskei Chuvus and Simon Nalaf and Ostas, where he quotes, uh, he quotes a Rivvos Ephraim or Ephraim Greenblatt in the Chedek Vav Simon Chavtes, who says that if you're weak or you're sick and you need to, so then you can even say a bracha during Pesukah Zimra and it's not going to be a, uh, a hefsik. But, but if you're not weak or sick, then you're not allowed to say a bracha, nor, he says, are you even allowed to drink during Pesukah Zimra because that itself might be a hefsik. Mei that drinking is a hefsik. So I saw in an article someone quoted Rav Matzliach Chai Mazuz, who uh, argues that drinking tea or coffee, just the drink itself, is considered a hefsik. And he quotes as a riot to this the, the halacha about Havdalah when, uh, when Pesach, the first night of Pesach, falls out on Masai Shabbos, where normally, Yaknahaz, you're supposed to include Havdalah in the Kiddush, but what if you forgot? What if you start the Seder in a regular way, and you didn't say Havdalah, and you're already in Magid? So Shulchan Aruch writes in Simon, Tav Ayin Gimel, that you should wait until you finish Magid before you say Havdalah, because that's going to be a Havsik in the middle of the uh, Magid. And the Ramban, in uh, the Malchamos, in Psachim, disagrees with the Balamar, who understands that the Gemara allows drinking extra cups of wine during Magid. The Ramban says, no, no, that we're drinking extra cups during Magid, just the drinking itself is going to be a hefsik. Once you begin Magid, you're not allowed to interrupt by uh, going and drinking. So Rav Mazuz argues, based on that, that drinking itself is a hefsik, and therefore you're not allowed to drink during Pesukit Zimri either, because you're not allowed to be mafsik during uh, Pesukit Zimra. A fourth issue that might come up is that uh, the Mishabrura in Simon Mem discusses whether uh, you're allowed to eat or drink while you are wearing tefillin. And he brings different, uh, he brings an opinion that questions whether it's a mutter or not to eat or drink while wearing tefillin. Um, but uh, probably maker adin, it is, uh, is mutter, uh, especially if a person is wearing tefillin for a long time, but it's at least a discussion. It's at least a discussion. Now, why is it that we can't find any halacha, black and white, in Shulchan Aruch that says that you're not allowed to eat and drink during, uh, that you're not allowed to drink, that you're not allowed to have coffee during davening, during Pesukah de Zimra? Doesn't, uh, doesn't seem to be a blatant halacha. So there are many possibilities as to why something doesn't appear. It could be that it was obvious to everyone that it's the same as eating before davening. That 
that's uh, implausible, I think, because uh, it's obviously much worse than eating before davening. It could be that it's obviously mutter, which, uh, and that's why there's no, in the absence of it, you know, right? If you believe everything is mutter until proven asr. So uh, maybe everyone thought it was mutter. That's also, I think, implausible. It could be that it's obviously uh, uh, asr, and that's why it's, uh, it's, it's not mentioned, which is very plausible. Or it could be that uh, no one thought of doing it. <laughs> no one had a havamina. That that's what you would do in shul, which is the most likely of all the scenarios, that who would have a havamina, that that's what they would do. Um, it could be that, uh, there, that even if there's no full-fledged direct iser, one who understands uh, what a shul is and uh, how uh, the way we serve the Ribbonu Shalom uh, comes with the Masora of how to serve the Ribbonu Shalom. Speak to older people who've been going to shul for decades longer than you. They've never seen it. It, it, didn't, uh, it wasn't something that was done until, uh, till, till recent, uh, you know, done, done so commonly until recent times. Where did it come from? So again, probably came from our unhealthy uh, connection to, to coffee. It could be, though, that I found in Yalkut Yosef, in uh, Orchaim Simenun Aleph, he says that Svardim had this practice for a long time. He said it was uh, common, he writes, uh, that, uh, that people would say bracha beforehand, start drinking, and continue to drink during Pesuket de Zimra Dafka, not further, not beyond Pesuket de Zimra. But in Yalkut Yosef, he says, better not to do it, uh, but uh, he thinks that, uh, that, they're, they're, that, uh, that, that it's uh, perhaps uh, not a violation of any straight uh, halacha. Now, if a person needs a drink during davening, so what do you do? What if you're choking or you're coughing or you need something to drink? So go outside. That's much better than bringing a cup of coffee into shul and taking a sip in the uh, in middle of shul. Um, you know, uh, c- certainly we wouldn't do that in any other context where we cared about what people were thinking about us and we were begging for our lives or something, uh, you know, or having any other sort of important meeting. And we should be cognizant in general that the way we behave in shul, which is a place of tefillah b'tzibur, and part of tefillah b'tzibur, the way we behave has an impact on the atmosphere of the entire shul and often on other people's davenings, right? Meaning when you're davening next to someone who's davening with, uh, with intensity and with kavana, it rubs off on you. That's part of the beauty of tefillah b'tzibur. So when people are davening b'kol and with intensity and you get the sense that they're actually speaking to Hashem, it impacts those around them. And when a person has a coffee and a newspaper and he sits back in his flip-flops, it also influences the people around him. And our religion is one of traditions. If you're not sure how to behave, see look at how previous generations and our Chachmei Besor behave. I would even go so far as to say that it was never the practice to walk into shul holding a cup of coffee, right? Shul Chachar said you're supposed to run towards shul. You're supposed to go with alacrity. The, the, uh, the idea of you're strolling along, carrying the cup of coffee. Okay, one battle at a time. But, uh, but it, it seems that that's, uh, that that's not really the attitude and the approach that one is supposed to have toward a basic and towards feeling to the Ribbon Shalom. Okay, have a great day and a great Shabbos, everybody.